Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. And if you brought your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. John's Gospel, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Our Heavenly Father, as we approach your word, we do so with reverence and humility, knowing that we can trust our lives to its provisions. Thanking you, dear Father God, for the spirit of truth to guide us into all truth, to enlighten us as we yield ourselves to be attentive, our hearts to be receptive, and our minds to be opened. I thank you, dear Father God, for the anointing to bring forth the truth in demonstration of the spirit of power that our faith would be not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What I'd like to do is go back and talk some more about deliverance and dealing with demon activity. And the reason why I chose this text is because this text is of vital importance when it comes to being free in any area of our lives. And we are not to be deceived or to be given to deception when it comes to learning how to get free and stay free. Now, we said last week that there's a lot of error in the church when it comes to the ministry of deliverance and dealing with demon activity. Know this. It's the knowledge of the truth that makes men free. Jesus said in John 8, 31, Then Jesus said unto the Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and prayer, deliverance, shall make you free. No, he didn't say that, did he? Well, then what shall make you free? It's walking in the knowledge of the truth that that makes us free permanently and keeps us free. It will not only get us free, it will also keep us free. Something very important to understand. It will get us free and it will keep us free. See, the people of God are not in bondage or defeated in life because the devil's so big and so powerful But the people of God are defeated in life and held in captivity or bondage for a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of knowledge that keeps people in bondage. It's a lack of knowledge that keeps people defeated in life. It's a lack of knowledge that brings destruction to people's lives. If believers would be intense in their study of the word and diligent when it comes to seeking the truth... It would not be very long before they would begin to operate in the knowledge of the truth and forget about physical manifestations. It would not be very long before they would be well satisfied that their faith and its foundation is based upon the word of truth and not upon any physical manifestation. Now, when it comes to any subject of the Bible and doctrine, Recognize that there are two ditches that people usually fall into. One on the left and one on the right. One on one side and one on the other side. And unless people have an accurate understanding and knowledge of the great redemptive plan of God and begin to walk in the truth of that, then they're not going to walk on the straight and narrow. They're going to fall into the ditch either on the one side or on the other side. 
And seemingly this has happened in particular with the deliverance ministry. And what I mean by that is this. Number one, there are those who don't even believe in the existence of demons and demon activity. Who, for the most part, don't believe that they can actually manifest themselves in and through the lives of human beings. They don't believe in their ability, let's say, to manifest themselves through a human life. And we classify these people as being in the ditch on one side of the road. They don't acknowledge demon activity. They don't acknowledge that demons even exist. Or they may exist, but they have no ability to manifest themselves in anyone's life or through anyone's life. Well, these people are in the ditch on one side of the road. And to be quite frank about it, they're unscriptural and they're wrong. Because Jesus was one of the greatest teachers that ever walked, the greatest teacher that ever walked upon the face of the earth. And he taught about demon activity. And he knew that people who had what we would maybe believe to be sicknesses and diseases had demonic influences and forces manifesting themselves in and through those individuals' lives. And as you read the the Gospels, you find out that when Jesus was confronted with people who were either deaf or blind or that sort of thing, in some cases, not in all, but in some cases, he rebuked the Spirit. And when the Spirit left, the person was able to hear or the person was able to see. So it's obvious that demon activity does exist. And we do not deny the existence of demons and evil spirits and devils. We know that they're out there. And we know that their primary purpose is to to embody man. To find some range of expression in this realm of life by getting a hold of an individual person and operating through that life. And since a child of God cannot be possessed by a devil in his spirit, they'll try to either from without oppress that that person's life so as to manifest his character through that life. Or if the child of God allows it, Let him into his thinking faculties where he can actually take up residency in his body or in his mind. So we have to, number one, acknowledge that demons are out there. Evil spirits exist. Devils are there. And their primary aim is to get into the life of a human being. For what purpose? To to find a, a range of expression in this realm of life. And, of course, also to defeat the people of God and destroy the work of God and prevent it from being done in the earth. Now, on the other hand, we have those who attribute everything that happens to a devil, a demon, or an evil spirit. In other words, all the problems that they face in this life, and I'm talking about Christians, is attributed to either an evil spirit manifesting itself in that person's life, or being there present in that person... Causing that person to either not to do things or to do certain things. Now, when it comes to this side of the ditch, we have to recognize that this is an extreme to the other side. And we are not to get into that kind of deception or error. Because what happens is these people do not give place for the flesh. We have a flesh that we have to contend with and deal with. And the child of God's biggest problem is not the devil, for the devil has been defeated. 
the child of God's biggest problem is his own flesh. This is something we have to recognize. Not every problem that we encounter or face in life means that there is the actual presence of the demon spirit inside that person's body or mind. I want to clarify that. I didn't say influencing him from without, oppressing that person from without. I did not say that. I said there are those who think that every problem that a child of God has in life, he faces in life, every difficulty, every situation is due to the fact that there is a, the presence of a demon spirit either inside that person's body or that person's mind. And I really believe this. Some of them even think Christians can be possessed of a devil. And that's ridiculous. And they attribute all that activity to the presence of a demon spirit either in body or mind and think that that devil has to be cast out of that person's life. I did not say oppressing that person from without. Because as long as we're living in this realm of life, as long as we're walking in this physical body of ours, there will always be evil spirits, demons out there, operating out there, trying to influence us to do wrong. And of course, if we begin to yield to our fleshly desires, they'll see to it that they gang up on us to, so that we get further into wrongdoing. But the thing is, those demons don't have to be cast out of a person, come out of a person, because they're not in that person. I had one person I was counseling with ask me about demon activity and all that. And I just began to share some of these truths. And this particular person had the, the idea that, that the devil could just come in at any time, according to his will, and begin to manipulate people's lives manifest himself in people's lives and do all these ridiculous things to a person's life, gave no place for the flesh in thinking that this devil is more real in my life than God himself. I didn't cast out the devil. Be quite frank about it. I didn't do anything about it. All I did was taught that person the truth. And you know, once that person learned the truth, the knowledge of the truth made that person free from the demon activity... That was being experienced in her life. It was the knowledge of the truth. But you know, beloved, the knowledge of the truth is not as spectacular as some physical manifestations that some people like to get caught up in. And that's why it's my responsibility in this office to share the truth pertaining to how to deal with demon activity from a biblical perspective. We don't want to get in a ditch on the one side that says, it's not a devil, there are no devils, no demons influence people. We don't want to say that because it's not true. We also don't want to get in a ditch on the other side that says, well, I know what your problem is. You need a devil cast out of you. And there's a devil behind every door, everywhere you look, all the problems, all the situations, devil, 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 cast out a devil, a demon, an evil spirit. They're out there. We know they're out there. We know what they want to do and try to do. But our biggest problem is not the devil. He is defeated foe. Our problem is the flesh that we contend with. And if we allow influences to come upon us, that's our own fault. It's our own fault. We should never do it. But even if we did do it and we had an oppression about us because of the influence of the demon spirit, you know what? You can still get delivered just by the knowledge of the truth. Not having to go to some person. All you've got to do is have the knowledge of the truth and you'll get free. And, of course, you'll stay free. So make note of this and, and see to it that you write it down. Not everything that happens 
is the result of the demon spirit manifesting itself in a person's mind or body. See, that's not true. A demon spirit can influence somebody from without. And the reason why I'm emphasizing this is because I made a statement I think that some people maybe misunderstood. Do you not believe in vomiting out a devil? Yes, I do. I do believe that if a person is possessed of a devil, or if there is the presence of a demon in the body, in the body or the mind, it can be possible that that person will vomit out the devil when the devil's cast out. But not in all cases. And we do not set any type of pattern, so to speak, where we have people come into a meeting and each one of them is given a bag or something like that because we want to get them to cough and, and have the devil come out. Let me say it this way. When Naaman the leper was healed by the power of God, he was told to go dip in the river Jordan seven times. We don't have services where we have people go and dip into a river somewhere, the river Jordan anywhere, Believing that, well, it worked for him that way, it's going to work for, for us this way, same way. You don't set up a standard and make out a rule out of it and say, this is the way it's going to happen. And so, therefore, we have to prepare for some type of physical manifestation. If, and that's a big word, if there is a devil in the mind or the body of a child of God, make note of this, that devil can be dealt with by that person sitting under the anointed teaching of the word of the living God, that devil can be overcome and destroyed as far as you're concerned, the child of God, by listening to what the word of God has to say. And therefore, because of the word that's inside that person's heart and mind, there won't be any room for the devil to come back in and that person will stay free. There is a principle that Jesus taught in the Word concerning demon activity. He said when the evil spirit is gone out of a man, he will go into dry places seeking rest and finding none, and he will return. There's no guarantee just because somebody had a devil cast out, even a child of God with the devil in his mind or body, if that devil was cast out, there is no guarantee that person will experience permanent help and deliverance. Therefore, it is more important that the child of God be taught this. You can do something about a presence of a demon spirit, whether in body or mind, if you've yielded yourself to that, just by getting a hold of the Word of God and the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth then will make you free. You can do something about it. Well, but I'd rather teach someone to do something about it for themselves. You know why? Because then when they're taught that, then they have the equipment that they need to keep the devil out of their lives. And when the devil goes in the dry places seeking rest and finding none and comes back, he won't find that house empty, swept, and garnished. He will find that house filled with, full of the power and the word of the living God and won't have any territory, any ground to get a hold of ever again. But because God's people are more given to the excitement of physical manifestations, many will yield themselves to devils and demon spirits by expecting some type of physical something to happen. I shared with you last week how a woman went to a deliverance ministry, a deliverance conference in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And, of course, this was the procedure. You come in and you go through this, this, this. And, of course, one of the steps is you start coughing. 
Beloved, if, if, if the devil is cast out in the name of Jesus and by the power of God, when that thing is coming out, if there is a coughing that takes place, you don't have to tell somebody to cough. If the devil is cast out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and someone vomits, it's not because you told them to start coughing and, and make them gag or have them vomit. If that does happen, it happens. That is not the norm. That is not the rule. It may happen. If it happens, let it happen. Not everyone that Jesus cast the devil out of fell over onto the ground as being dead. But I read in the Bible that it did happen. But just because that happened then is no indication that when he cast out the devil out of other people that that happened. The Bible doesn't say that it happened every time Jesus cast the devil out. He cast the devil out, one that was deaf, and when it left, the person heard. That was the result. There was no physical manifestation as far as coughing up or vomiting or anything like that. But the devil was equally as gone. So you see, here's the point. We do believe in deliverance. We do believe in the devil being cast out of any individual if the child of God allowed the devil in. But more so, we believe that if the child of God is taught the truth, the knowledge of the truth will prevent the devil from coming in to his mind or to his body. I don't know about you, I'd rather be taught. Wouldn't you? And then secondly, even if, even if that child of God has... A demonic influence, a spirit manifesting itself in his mind or in his body, he or she still can do something about it and should be taught to do something about it for himself or herself, not going to someone else. Why? Because as I said, the knowledge of the truth makes men free and then equips that person to stay free, not allowing the devil to come back in again. So make note of this. Write these two things down. It's a checklist for error when it comes to teaching along these lines. Number one, does the teaching establish an improper consciousness in the people? Does the teaching establish an improper consciousness in the people? That's the first question you ask yourself. Does the teaching about deliverance establish an improper consciousness in the minds of the people? And secondly, does the teaching establish an improper dependency an improper dependency in the people. You'll find out that when people are over to the other extreme, that side of the ditch, that side of the road, they're in the ditch. That's this other extreme. That everything's a devil, everything's a demon. What you need is deliverance. They are more demon conscious, they are more devil conscious than they are God and Jesus conscious. And that's exactly where the devil wants them to be. Do you know why? Because the more devil conscious you are, the more demon conscious you are, the more the devil and demons manifest themselves in your life to make you more devil and demon conscious. But the more God conscious, but the more Jesus conscious, but the more word conscious you are, the more you think about God, the more you think about Jesus, the more you think about the power of the word and presence of the Holy Ghost and angelic beings, then the more they will manifest themselves in our lives. And that's why God the Father wants us to ever be praying without ceasing, Fellowshipping with Him, being filled with 
the Spirit speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs so as to be filled. You know when you're filled with one thing, you have no room for something else? Did you know that? Here's the point, beloved. If it's making me demon conscious, devil conscious, evil spirit conscious, that's wrong. That's error. That's not truth. I've seen people like this. Everything's a devil. They walk into the room. There's a devil there somewhere. They hear a noise. There's a devil there somewhere. It's wrong. There, there's something happens in the natural. There's a devil behind all that. You know what? Even if there was an influence of a, de- of a demon spirit trying to influence people, which we know that he does, it doesn't mean that that person has the devil has to be cast out. How many of you remember when Peter said, Not so, Lord. You're not going to do that. And Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't cast the devil out of Peter. He spoke directly to the spirit that was influencing him to say what he said. That's all. Peter didn't have a demon. Had no need of having a demon cast out of him. All Jesus did was spoke to the spirit that was behind the influence that was behind what he was saying. And any child of God can yield to that wrong voice. And say something wrong or do something wrong. But that does not mean that that child of God has a demon literally in his body or in his mind. The thing is, we've got to learn how to deal with the influence of demon activity biblically through the Word of God. Because it is the only thing that's going to keep us free. It's the knowledge of the truth, Jesus said, that makes us free and keeps us free. But you don't understand. I just can't get rid of this tobacco habit because, you know, this demon. And we blame it on a demon. We blame it on a demon. Or a devil. Or an evil spirit. Kind of shifting the blame. You know, his influence over my life or whatever. Beloved, there are works of the flesh, you know. There are lusts of the flesh, you know. And all those demons do, they'll just, just cooperate with you as you cooperate with them. And when you start saying, I just can't give it up and I can't get rid of it, you know, really what you're saying is, I like it so much, I don't want to get rid of it. But if God, if you'll do something about it, if you'll deal with it, then I'll be free. And that's not the case. No matter what it is. If you're a child of God out there, I want you to make note of it and mark it down. You can be free. You can be free. But you have more to do with it than anybody else in all the world. You can be free. And if there is a devil behind it, if there is a demon behind it because you've yielded your flesh and given into it and it's, it has a stronghold in your life, you still can pull down that stronghold and be free. Because you can't be possessed. It's oppression or obsession and you still can be free. And if you're out there someone who ministers to somebody else, I want you to know this. Don't just think your prayer is going to be sufficient. Because even if you were led of the Lord, directed by the Spirit of God, to to pray for that person and have that person free from this demon activity, be sure it will always come back. Make sure you sit that person down. Make sure you teach them the knowledge of the truth. Share the truths that person needs to know to remain free. Otherwise, you've done that person an injustice. The devil will come back sevenfold. And it will be that much more difficult for that person. In his or her life. We've got to make the distinction between demon possession, which means he has that person in spirit, soul, and body, and demon obsession and oppression. From without, a child of God can be influenced. There is nothing that anybody can do about that.
If you took authority over that right now and you refused to allow it to happen in your presence, let's put it this way. That, that, that person can be free for a time, but that spirit will come back after a season. And if that child of God has not filled himself up with the Word and the Spirit, that de- demon will have a heyday with him. It's important we recognize that it's the knowledge of the truth that makes men free. I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. And beginning at verse 3. A child of God cannot be possessed in spirit by a devil. A child of God, if he does not learn to do something with his flesh, which is what? Present your body to God as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or spiritual service. If that child of God is not taught to do that and doesn't do that, then he will give in to the lusts of the flesh. There can be demon activity that will influence that person's life because he is yielding himself to the lust of the flesh, but that still is no indication that that demon spirit is in that person's body or in that person's mind. But let's just say that that person continues in that way and finally opens up a door and then a demon spirit does come in and gets hold of his mind. I remember one incident where the minister said he was praying for people, pray for this one person, then he sat down who was a child of God. And when he looked back over the second time, he saw that that person was sitting there and there was a demon spirit that had his head in a headlock. He was in the spirit realm, he saw in the spirit realm and saw that that devil was holding that person's mind, his head, and the fellow had like migraine headaches. Well, it wasn't dealt with the first time through prayer. But when he saw it in the spirit realm, he looked over to the fellow and told him to stand up and then prayed for that person, told the devil to leave. Now, that was a child of God. That was a Christian. But that person did not have a demon inside his spirit. He had a demon around his head, like in a headlock, like a little imp just holding him in a headlock. And the moment he told that demon to leave, that demon fell to the floor and left. The fellow did not vomit. The fellow did not cough. All the fellow did, he he said, thank God I'm free, just like somebody just let go of my head. And that's exactly what happened. But had something something different been done, had someone says, well, you need to come over here and start coughing. Or doing all these other different things because we're waiting to see some kind of physical manifestation. I don't believe that devil would have left. I believe it would have stayed there and tormented that fella. And it, it, it possibly get on other people too. That's the thing that happens, beloved, when, when people fool around with things they don't understand. That woman down there in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, she, did, she went there to get delivered. But what she got was a devil. She's down there going to this conference, and they tell her to cough. Instead of coughing out a devil, because you see, the Spirit of God didn't say cough. Beloved, all Jesus told us to do about the devil was to cast him out and take authority over him and resist him. That's what we're supposed to do. Whatever happens, happens. Let it happen. But to set up some kind of a rule or pattern and say, this is the standard, you've got to follow this, you've got to go through these particular steps, that is not of God. That is not in the Bible. 
Others may say, well, you know, I was successful in doing that. But that doesn't make their preaching or their teaching accurate. And like I said, it will not be very long before they'll be, they'll be so far off of the truth. They'll be in the air and deception. The devil will accommodate them. And they'll have need of deliverance every other week. Can I say this to you, not in a, in a uh, boastful way? I've been a child of God for about 13 years. I never had to sit down and go through a deliverance. And every time the devil come against my life, all I just says it's written. Now, I saw that Jesus did that, and I just took that as my cue. If Jesus said it is written, resist the devil and he'll flee from you, then that's the cue. That's what I took. And you know what? I'm not demon conscious. I'm not devil conscious. I'm not evil spirit conscious. I'm God conscious. I'm Jesus conscious. Hallelujah. I'm word conscious. See, you get off just that much, just a little bit. You get off a quarter of an inch. You're putting up a wall. Get off a quarter of an inch and keep on going and keep on going. By the time you get about 20 feet down, you know how far you're going to be off? You're going to be off. You get on an airplane right here and you're going to go over to California somewhere. You get off, that, that pilot get off just, just, just an inch from the beginning and keep on going that way and never correct his course. You know what happened by the time he gets to California? You won't be where you want to be. You're going to be so far off. You have to get another flight just to get to where you're supposed to be. And that's what's happening when it comes to this ministry of deliverance. Beloved, we believe in it. But here's another problem. And it's called redefinition. What do you mean when you say deliverance? What do I mean when I say deliverance? If I say bringing someone somewhere where we've got a tormented devil in that person and make sure we're prepared by having bags and all these other things and we're going to tell them to cough and do all these other things, that's wrong. That's the wrong definition of deliverance. If God's power is not sufficient to the task, then something is wrong. If that person coughs, fine. If the person vomits, fine. And we can even be led in this by the Spirit when it comes to those things happening. But we don't, as I said, set up a rule and say this is the way it's going to happen. Because when people do that, the devil accommodates them. And yes, they'll have meetings. And they'll be fooling with evil spirits and they'll have more evil spirits. And their lives will be a shambles. I'll tell you what, they'll be a nervous wreck. The devil will actually make them a nervous wreck. And everywhere they go, around every corner that they look and turn, they're going to find devils. Devil's doing this and devil's doing that. You know what? For 13 years I've been saying Jesus is doing this and Jesus is doing that. My Father God is blessing it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God Almighty. I know that knowledge of truth has made me free. And I thank God for that. Still I have people come up and say all these, these things like, you better change what you believe, brother. Well, it's, I'm not going to change for them. I know it's the word. I know it works. Why would I want to change and get like that? Having and have a need of a deliverance every other week. I thank God that I haven't had a need of one in 13 years. I'm not about to start now. But that's because I got into the Word of God right away. I've learned the knowledge of the truth that made me free. So I'm not taking them in as pets. And I, I say you shouldn't either. And others shouldn't either. You say, well, what do you do then if somebody has a devil in them? I just said, teach them the Word. We're not the ones. Number two, we said that it establishes an improper dependency. What are they more dependent on to get free? Is it on the Word? Is it on your prayer? Is it on some physical manifestation? Well, I mustn't be free yet because I didn't cough. I mustn't be free yet because I didn't vomit. 
If you have some kind of a physical manifestation, now we know you're free. Well, then what is that dependency? What are you basing your faith on? What are you depending on to know that you're free? See, they're depending on some type of physical something to let them know. Now for sure I know that I'm free because this happened. Beloved, the Bible doesn't teach that we walk by physical manifestations. We walk by sight. We, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk not by the five physical senses. We walk not by what our physical senses dictate to us. We walk by what the Word of God says. And if we can get these people taught Colossians 1.13, which I don't know that I ever read this in the Bible... We've been delivered from all the powers of darkness. And if we can get them to believe that and say that and walk in the light of that and realize they've got a flesh to contend with and don't let it, don't give place to the devil and allow them to get into your flesh or mind. In other words, if they can be taught how to deal with the devil, biblically speaking, then, beloved, there would never, never, never be a problem in a child of God's life when it comes to demon activity. I didn't see Jesus having to get delivered and go through a deliverance to get free. I didn't see the Apostle Paul having to go to a deliverance to get free. I didn't see Peter either or any of those, the others. Why is it that these ministers of the gospel, were they special people? No, they had no need of it because they knew and taught the people in the early days of Christianity how to deal with the devil. Read every one of their epistles and you'll find out they told them what to do with the devil. In Ephesians, Paul says, you'll quench every fiery dart of the devil with your shield of faith. In Peter, 1 Peter, he said, in 5.9, you resist the devil steadfast in your faith. He never said, come to me and we'll have a deliverance meeting. He said, you get a hold of the word of faith and you steadfastly resist the devil in your faith. One translation says, and you'll not have any problem with the devil. James, the brother of our Lord, writing, he said, by the Spirit of God's anointing, he said, you resist the devil, he will flee from you. I had one say to me, I did that, it didn't work, he stayed. I was polite, I didn't say it was because you took him in as a pet, you were petting him so much. But that's the truth. The reason why they don't go when a person tries to resist them is because, you see, they have to recognize their authority. And stop playing these games. We can't depend on prayer, beloved. We can't depend on prayer to keep us free and to maintain spiritual freedom and deliverance. Prayer has to be based upon the Word of God. It's what you say. Resist means put up a barrier. Stand. Put up a, a strong, firm stand. A barrier. Stand strong and firm in faith. Well, what is faith? Faith has to have a spiritual foundation. What's the foundation for faith? The Word of God. What's the foundation for the Word of God? The blood covenant. He, by His blood, shed His blood, sealed the covenant with His blood. He cannot lie. He will not lie. And you know what He said in the Word? He said, you have been delivered from the powers of darkness. Say with me, I have been delivered from the powers of darkness. Therefore, I am free from the powers of darkness and all demon activity. Now, one said to me, do something so that this, this devil doesn't come back on me. I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Well, you get a, a stare and a look at you like, well, you're, you're a man of faith. What's, what do you mean you can't do that? I can't do that. I can't do something that the Word doesn't say I can do. No one can do that. You cannot keep the devil off of anybody. I can't keep the devil off of anybody. As long as we're living in this world, in, in, in the body that we have, the devil will always come. Always knock on your door. Just, just like you've got to pay your taxes. You're not going to keep them off your back if you don't pay your taxes. As long as you're breathing, they'll, they'll find a way to get you to pay your taxes. And the only way you're going to get them off your back is by paying your taxes.
It's the same principle. You're not going to keep the devil off anyone's back unless that person is taught to do what? Well, I'm glad you asked. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God that are pulling down the strongholds. Casting down. This is what we are to do when it comes to the devil and demon activity, my brother and sister. And I'd like to shout this thing from a mountaintop and let everybody in the body of Christ hear it accurately. This is what we are to do. And if we'll not resign ourselves to the fact that we are to be taught to do this, we will never be free and stay free from demon activity. There will always be a devil doing this, a devil doing that, a devil manifesting himself here. It's only when we recognize what we are to do biblically, knowing what is written, that the devil will have to take a back seat when it comes to our lives. And we must communicate this truth to other Christians so they know what to do and not get them to depend upon somebody's prayer, to depend upon a physical manifestation, to depend upon any person or their ministry, but to depend upon the word of the living God and the message of the plan of redemption, which is the message of the gospel. It says here, casting down imaginations... And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. No one else can deal with our thought life, beloved. As long as the child of God does not understand and have a proper perception of the warfare that he or she is in, as long as that child of God does nothing to renew the mind to the knowledge of the Word of God, then that person cannot possibly cast down the imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We've got to see by that scripture that if we're going to deal with the devil, we have to have the knowledge of God, right? Because we have to know what is of God and what is not of God. And unless we have the knowledge of God, how are we going to cast the thought down? That's the devil's program. Thoughts, imaginations or images and then strongholds. The devil can build a stronghold and do you know hold, hold even a group of people in bondage from without? Did you know that? The devil can produce a stronghold and hold even a group of people in bondage from without, not from within. There was a church where it was very difficult for the preacher to preach and very difficult for God to move and very difficult for people to enter into true worship of God. And the pastor went on a 21-day fast. He began to fast before the Lord found out, why is it so hard to preach in this church? And finally, after so many days of praying and fasting, the, the Lord opened up his spiritual eyes and he saw a big demon spirit in the, in the rafters there looking down. That was a, a spirit... That was holding dominion over that church, that body of Christ that was assembled together in that place. And very reluctantly did he go. He did not want to leave, wanted to stay there. He liked it there. Because he was holding all these people in this type of bondage, influencing them from without. Not that he was in the people, but from without. And finally that pastor took authority over that thing and said, you've got to come down there in the name of Jesus. And he did. He said, you've got to go in the name of Jesus. He says, he says, I know, but I don't want to. He said, I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, you have to go. He says, I know if you do, I have to. But I don't want to. And he kept telling him to. He marched him right out the door, out the back of the church, and then right on down the street. Went into a bar, and a bar burned down the next day. That's how they work. But the devil wasn't in. He wasn't within the people. They had to be cast out of a person. 
to have some kind of manifestation. They can hold people in bondage from without, just like that. And that's why people need to be taught. They have to have the knowledge of God. If they're not willing to give themselves over to the knowledge of God, they're not going to be set free and stay free. What does that scripture say? Casting down thoughts and imaginations and then strongholds that exalt themselves against the what? Knowledge of God. What did Jesus say would make us free? It's the knowledge. See, the knowledge. He didn't say prayer. He didn't even say church services. Did you know that? He said it's the knowledge of the truth that makes men free. So if they don't have the knowledge of the truth, do you see this? Then what happens is they can't cast down the thoughts and the imaginations because they don't know where they're coming from. Here's another battle that we encounter. The battle of our thought life. How many of you know that one way the enemy can hold God's people in bondage is by injecting wrong thoughts into their mind? Making them think wrong. Get a bad perception of God. I did this in counsel. Ministering to someone. and Not here. But ministering to someone. And this person was oppressed. Oh, I mean oppressed. Oppressed. Almost to the point that she felt as though that, that God was bigger. I mean, I mean, the devil was bigger than God was. Now, she knew that it wasn't true. But just felt that the, the devil was bigger than God was. Because everywhere she turned, there was always defeat. Now, what happened was the enemy, would, when he does this often, would inject thoughts in that person's mind that... Now, you ready for this? This is coming from a Christian, from Christian radio stations. Preachers and teachers, whether it be on television and Christian you know, radio stations and all that. This is what this person does to feed faith into, into, into their spirit. Got a wrong concept of God. Of who he is, how he operates, and how much he loves his people. And thought that God was responsible for all the things that go wrong in life. Well, you know what the scripture says, all things work together for good to them that love God. And when bad things would happen, this is, what the, this, this is what's being taught. All things work together for good. You're just down here. God's up there with the whip. You get out of line, He'll whip you back in line. He's got to have all these difficulties come upon your life, all these tragedies come upon your life, because if He just lets you go just like you want to go, you'll just go and do your own thing. He wants you in that wilderness. He wants to see to it that you stay there long enough to learn. Beloved, oh, that's ridiculous. God didn't want them to stay in the wilderness any, long, any longer than it took them to get into the promised land. It was just the way. It was the journey on the way. But because she did not know or have the knowledge of God, she just assumed that all this was true because all these men, these great orators, I mean, with all this knowledge that they have and theological uh, you know, expressions that they have and ways of teaching that they have, well, this has got to be right because this person is a lot more intelligent than I am. How, many, how can anybody that's so intelligent be, be wrong? They must be right. And so here I am living my life down here but not walking in the knowledge of the truth. And when that happens, dear Lord, it works together for my good. Can I expound on that for a minute? Do we, you have time here tonight? Here's this, here's this teaching. It's a doctrine of a devil. Can I say it that way? In the latter days, the Bible says, some will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. How many know he makes doctrines out of the Word? He makes his own doctrines up in the Word. Well, now listen. He said to Jesus, if you're the Son of God, cast yourself down. The angels will bear you up in your hands. Oh, you quoted the scripture, yes, but you know what? Your perception of it was wrong, and you know it's wrong. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus answered properly. Oh, yes, Romans 8.28 does say 
that we know all things work together for good and love God, those are called to, according to His purpose. But what it's really saying is all the things involved in that chapter, chapter 8. You walk in the, in the Spirit, not in the flesh. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt to you. There's no inferiority complex in your life. The Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside you, quickens your mortal body. And you know what? You're a child of God because the Spirit of God bears wind in your spirit that you are the child of God. The whole creation groans and travails until the adoption of the, of the sons of God is made manifest upon this earth. And you know what? Even the Spirit of God inside you will groan and travail to bring out utterances out of you that only represents the mind of the Father God. He'll make intercession for you according to the the will of the Father God Himself. And we know all things work together for them of God. Not plane crashes, not car wrecks, not tragedies, calamities. This one young girl, I I pray to God that somebody reached her heart. You know why? She told me, she said, you know, when we got a divorce, I thought that was more than I can bear, but I was able to bear it. She says, but you know what? My child got sick. My young baby got sick and died. And I knew the teaching. I know it's true because they taught me it was so that all things were together for good. And they said, I found out there that God says he's not going to put more upon me than I can bear. And you know what? When my, when my baby died, she told me, I don't want to serve God anymore. He put on me more than I can bear. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to serve because that's the kind of God that he is. I don't want to serve him. She blamed God. No one ever told her that the devil did it. Teachers of the Word told her that God does that. That God did that to to, to, to develop your character. And you know what? That's a doctrine of the devil. And you want to hear the epitome of it? I shared this quite some time ago. I'm going to bring it up again. I read this in a Pentecostal magazine. And I mean to tell you from somebody who should know better. Who should know better. Who's in the light. Walking in the light. But they used that scripture again. Out of its setting. Out of its context. And it's a doctrine of the devil. And she said... After being violently raped and going through horror in her life and finally climbing her way out of it to some degree, some extent, not not totally free from the effects of that violent rape. She says, I guess I just have to resign myself to the fact that all things work together for good to them that love God and to those that are called according to His purpose. And my mouth hung open. I said, for the life of me, how can anybody who has any kind of spirituality whatsoever even think that God had some purpose in her being violently raped? You talk about a misconception of truth. You talk about error. That's how the devil deceives. That's how the devil influences. And beloved, this is how to deal with it. This is how to deal with it. He said, you cast down imaginations and every thought and imagination. You cast down every thought. Don't wait till it gets to be an image. You cast down the thought. Because when the thought comes, it will come to your mind. And that's the devil's way of influencing your life. And Christian people need to be taught to do what? To yield their bodies and their faculty members to God. And here's this. This is my faculty member. And when the thought comes to my mind, you know what? Do this or do that or whatever the thought is. That I have to weigh it out to find out to determine whether or not it's of God. If it's of God, fine. But if it's not of God, then as a thought, I must cast it down. I must pull it down. I must resist it in the name of Jesus right there and say that is not in line with the thinking of God. How many of you know that man's ways are not God's ways and man's thoughts are not God's thoughts? We've got to learn God's thoughts, the knowledge of God's Word, so that when the devil does come to inject a thought into our minds, we don't readily accept that. I don't accept Romans 8.28 as coming from God that says all these terrible things are happening to me for a purpose. 
But I'll tell you what I do accept. I find out John 10.10 says, The thief comes but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But my Jesus came to give me life in abundance. I found that out to be true. And so when someone tries to inject that thought into my thinking, I cast it down in Jesus' name. And I say, it cannot stay. You've got to go. You've got to depart. You've got to leave. I refuse to entertain that kind of thinking, that kind of thought. James says, do not err, my beloved brethren. When you're tempted, you're not tempted, tested, and tried of God. God does not, is not tempted with evil. Therefore, God does not tempt you with evil. And don't even say that God can tempt you with evil. Or He is the one behind all these things that are happening in your life. Let no man say it. He says, do not be in error or deception, my beloved brethren. Do not be misled or misguided by a wrong spirit, by a demon influence. He says, don't be misled and misguided. Every good and perfect gift of from above and coming down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variable the shadow of turning. He said, don't be in error. He gave birth to you by His own blood. He washed you from your sins. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. If God gets you mad at Him, you think that's going to work His righteousness in your life? No. We're not to be mad at God. She was angry with God. She was mad at God. I tried to tell that young girl. My wife and I both. My wife met her at work and she tried to tell her. And she came home and talked with me about it. I tried to tell her. She says, I don't want to serve God. He killed my baby, broke up my marriage. He said he wouldn't put upon me all that I I could not bear. But he did. I don't want to serve him anymore. I couldn't convince her. She was brainwashed with doctrines of devils saying that God did all this to develop your character. If that's the way God develops character, who wants to serve that kind of a God? Who would? That's deception. We've got to learn a knowledge of God. And when it's a thought, cast it down. Before it becomes an image. Because if it becomes an image, then it's going to be stronger. And then finally, the third phase of it, it turns into a stronghold over a person's life. But you know what? I've got good news. Even if there's a stronghold over a Christian's life, you know what? You can still pull it down. You can still pull it down. They can still pull it down. They can pull it down. They can pull it down. Uh, We're going to have to close here soon. So would you do this for me? Make note of this. It's not all casting out. Write it down. It's not all casting out. It's not all casting out. You cast out, you've got to have something to put in. It's not all casting out. Do you see that? People think, well, I'm free now because the devil left. No. He'll go and dry places, seek rest, find them, come back to you. It's not all casting out. We have got to fill ourselves up. We have got to fill ourselves up. And you know what? If the devil is cast out or you, you get rid of the devil yourself, then fill yourself up. Fill yourself up with the Spirit. Fill yourself up with the Word. Fill yourself up with joy. Fill yourself up with peace and with grace and the power of the living God. Because that is the primary way that the children of God stay free. The joy of the Lord is your fortified place. It is your stronghold. God's stronghold He develops in your life and my life. We serve the Lord with gladness and joyfulness in our hearts and we experience the abundance of all things. If not, then through oppression and sorrow and murmuring and complaining, what happens? We, we become captive to the devil, bondage to the devil. But we realize that we must fill ourselves up. Once we cast out, we must fill up. That's why so many have prayer. They're delivered for a moment. And all of a sudden, nothing happens. It's not a continued thing. It's not a permanent thing in our lives because they don't fill themselves up. There is a need to get filled with and full of the Word of God, the power of God, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the truth to set men free, to to stay free. God, our Father wants us to get so full of Himself, so full of His Word, so full of His power, so full of His Spirit that we can go and set the captives free. And not just through prayer, but by giving them the Word. You know what? This person left our counseling session aglow. Aglow. The spirit of oppression lifted like that. And she left aglow. Do you know why? 
I didn't pray one prayer. Not one prayer. But the spirit of oppression was dealt with. With the word. And here's what I said. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God in the midst of you is a mighty God. And you know what? He's singing over you. He loves you so much. He's joying over you with singing. He's exhausted His love on your behalf. You don't have to try any longer. You're accepted in the Beloved. You are complete in Him. Look at this scripture, beloved. Colossians chapter 1. The book of Colossians. Chapter 2, rather. Verse 9. You want to get free? You want to stay free? Let this knowledge of the truth make you free here tonight. Anyone. You want to help someone else get free? Let this knowledge of the truth help you make someone else free tonight and stay free tonight. Are you ready for this? What a glorious revelation. What a beautiful happening uh, that took place that many don't even know, don't even recognize, don't even understand. God wants us to get full of the knowledge of His redemptive plan. He wants us to know all that He has done in us and for us because that's what makes us free, people of God. Colossians 2, verse 9. For in Him, that is in Jesus, the fullness of the deity, that I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, the Godhead continues to dwell in a bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. I believe that about Jesus. Do you? Amen. If you believe that about Jesus, say Amen tonight. Verse 10, and you are in Him, made full, have come to the fullness of life. In Christ you too are filled with the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And you reach full spiritual stature. He is the head of all rule and authority, of every angelic principality and power, of every power, every rule, every authority. And you are full of the Godhead. You know what? If children of God will be taught that they're full of the Godhead, God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and walk to the light of that. There's no room for devils. There's no room for demons. There's no room for activity of demonic influence. That's what's, what makes people free. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you with this knowledge. Resist the devil steadfastly in the face, in the faith. He's got to go. Cast them out in the name of Jesus. Don't let them in because you're staying full. It's not just casting out. It's getting full. Staying full. And when we stay full and learn how to know his thoughts, detect his thoughts, and we know the thoughts of God and we distinguish the two, we pull down every stronghold and we stay free. And beloved, like I said last week, this fellow wanted me to pray for him to get free from this habit that he had in his life. And you know what? As long as that person's not willing to yield his body to God to be a living temple, uh, a holy temple of God, he's not going to be free. If someone's out there looking for a magical formula to take the responsibility off their own shoulders, to put it on somebody else, you pray for me to get me free. As long as they're not willing to do something about the, the lust of their flesh, there's nothing we're going to be able to do for them. This isn't magical. Because they'll, they'll have a need of a deliverance every other week. But if that person comes and says, I will not tolerate this activity in my life any longer. I'm choosing to consecrate and dedicate myself to the will of God. I give this body over to God. I give my ears to hear the word of the Lord. And not to hear 
the, the, the statements of the devil and, and gossip and all that other garbage. I give my eyes to see and behold the glory of the living God and to look at people through compassionate eyes of love so as to reach out to them and show them the light of the way of God. I give my hands to God in expressions of praise and gratitude. I lift them up before Him. I give these hands, I, I yield them to God that I may lay them then upon the sick that they may recover. I give my feet to walk shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And upon my head I have the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. I give every part of my being, the very depth of my being, to the service of the, of the living God. Consecrated to His work, consecrated to His service, consecrated to do His will. The body will be protected by the power of the living God. And I yield my faculty members unto God. No room, no ground, no territory for the devil to get in here because I've, I've renewed my mind by the word of the living God. And they will not get in. I refuse to give them place. Beloved, when, when we mean business with God like that, it shuts the devil out. He cannot come in. And that's what people need to know. In you dwells the fullness of the Godhead. Because Jesus is in you. That leaves no more room, does it? Amen. Let's stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.